0: A radio show that confesses Christ without confusing the law and the gospel. A radio show that takes Scripture seriously
1: without taking ourselves so seriously. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. So here we have the the promise of the virgin birth already. And, And now it says that he, this promised seed, shall bruise you the serpent on the head so this and you will bruise him on the heel so uh, this is talking about the crucifixion of our lord jesus so this is the first gospel
0: what in the world
1: the lord's supper is to
0: help rediscover your innate goodness Holy smokes. That's like saying that glasses are to make sure you can't see. It's like saying your shoes are there to make sure you can't walk. It's like saying saying a boat is there so that you sink to the bottom of the ocean. That's the goofiest thing I've ever heard.
1: Councilman Darren Latham. Thank you, Mayor. On balance, I think as far as whether we do it on the 6th or the 12th, it matters about as much as my collection of Table Talk Radio points. The result of <laughs> podcasting at its worst. This is Table Talk Radio. I,
0: I wonder how long it's been since we've been mentioned in a city council meeting.
1: We need to contact Councilman Darren Lathan about Darren that. Darren Lathan. Uh, <laughs> the problem is. Is that uh, as soon as a, a council member at any jurisdiction whatsoever mentions Table Talk Radio, there's a recall vote already on the next ballot, and so that's <laughs> that's tough, you know, and and not every councilman's willing to endure that kind of political right, pressure. That's right. Shame for the sake of the gospel. <laughs> well, <laughs> or something. Uh, yeah, or something. <laughs> uh, in today's edition of Table Talk Radio, we're going to be doing a little. Name that theologian, and then we're going to go to our voicemail system and see what praise songs are just asking and begging to be crunched. That is today's edition of Table Talk Radio. But first, we do a little buzzword. So, Pastor Wolfmiller, what's your buzzword? My buzzword for you is conciliarism. Huh? You know this one? I'm starting to think that you you think ahead of time about your buzzwords now.
0: Accidentally on this one. Accidentally. Conciliarism was a reform movement in the 14th, 15th, and 16th century Catholic Church which held that supreme authority in the Church resided with an ecumenical council apart from or even against the Pope. Reading, by the way, from Wikipedia. The movement emerged in response to the Western schism between rival popes in Rove and Avion. Remember there was a, the, the great schism and uh, there was two and then three popes all at once? <sighs> The schism inspired the summoning of the Council of Pisa, or Pisa, I'm not exactly sure. <laughs> let's 1409. Hope, let's which, hope for
1: the latter. <laughs>
0: which, <laughs> you know these names, which failed to end the schism. And the Council of Constance, 1414 to 1418, which succeeded and proclaimed its own superiority over the Pope. Conciliarism reached its apex with the Council of Basil. 1431 to 1449, that was a long one, which ultimately fell apart. The eventual victor in the conflict was the institution of the papacy, confirmed by the condemnation of conciliarism at the Fifth Lateran Council, 1512 to 1517. The final gesture, however, of the doctrine of papal infallibility was not promulgated until the First Vatican Council of 1870 conciliarism. Uh, you you get it so I mean there's this debate in the medieval Catholicism is who's in charge the pope or the council. And uh there it was up for debate for a couple centuries
1: till see, the council's lost. And I'm I'm a little old fashioned. I kind of think that things should be handled by a good old wrestling match. So let's get the pope out there, let's get some of the members of council and and see who wins. Or at least yeah, arm a... wrestle. What happened to a good arm wrestling match? What what did happen to a good arm wrestling match? <laughs> know. <laughs> I, no, no. I am just in the jolly old St. Nicholas way of thinking, I suppose.
0: I was I was hearing a story of a, a man was telling me a story about this time he went. I don't know. He was in Powake, New Mexico, and he was at a bar. And this drunk Indian fella comes up and says, uh, let's arm wrestle. And he starts arm wrestling. And his buddy behind him just is mouthing the words lose, lose, lose. Uh, so he starts arm wrestling. He could beat him, but he loses, and the guy walks away pleased with himself. And then he says, uh, "If you would have won, you would have died." <laughs> so I, I uh, you know, I agree with your question. What should happen to a good arm wrestling
1: match? Good. I'm glad that we're all in agreement on that. <laughs> uh, my theological buzzword for you is nihilism, or nihilism, if you want to pronounce it like that. The uh, philosophical... Doesn't matter anyways. <laughs> 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 Obviously. Oh, see how I did... Yep. Oh,
0: that was hilarious. Oh. Uh,
1: it, it's the viewpoint that human life has no meaning at all, that there's no objective meaning or purpose to human life, and it states that there is no objective morality. Now, this is, by the way, the logical conclusion... Of uh you know atheism I think um natu- uh this kind of um naturalistic worldview that uh, only things uh, or empiricism maybe that only things that can be scientifically proven are true, and so nothing from the unseen uh exists at all or or the the whole evolution mindset so that if we're we're all here by some cosmic accident then uh your existence here is uh of no value and no importance and so there's no meaning to this life whatsoever so there you go i wonder how i'm going to possibly
0: work that buzzword into the points joke at the end i just can't think of a connection
1: <laughs> you try hard i mean there is a point to this <laughs> we're we're not just doing this for no reason here there's a purpose Okay. Um. Whatever that purpose is. All right. Well, let's start out by playing a little. Uh. A name that theologian. And uh, I have something for oh, you. Yeah. Do you have something for me? Or is this going both ways? Is that how this works? Of course. Oh,
0: yeah. Okay. Yeah. I got one too for
1: you here. All right. So, do you want to hear mine first? Yeah, I do. Oh, I want okay. to get. I want to
0: be on the first. You know, pretty soon it's going to be fifteen nil. All we right. Could, why don't one we thing. score? Since the
1: buzzword is nihilism, why don't we score this game like <laughs> tennis? Okay. Sounds good. All right. Uh the person that's commenting here is reacting or commenting on rather 1 Corinthians 12:28. God has placed in the church first of all apostles, second prophets, third teachers, after that workers of miracles, then gifts, of healing, helpers, administrators, various languages. Okay? Do you okay. want you want to guess so far? Or do you want to hear a quote? Yeah, I want to hear a quote. Okay. Um what distinguish- I'm going to guess, by the way, that
0: it's a, the- it's a theologian that existed in the world after St. Paul. So. Okay,
1: so far you're on track. So far you're on track. Uh, okay, I just need to check here where my markers are. Okay. Um, what distinguishes these three offices from all other ecclesial offices is that they can never be conferred by men. What St. Paul says of his apostolate, not from men and not through all men, Galatians one also holds true for the prophetic office. It also holds true of the office of teacher, in accordance with the belief that the entire, uh, according with the belief of the entire ancient church. What the congregations can and must do by themselves is this: that they must recognize these men for what they are. The congregations must determine whether he comes to them as a true or false prophet, a genuine or false prophet, an actual teacher sent by God, or a heretic. And that is a tremendous determination involving great responsibility, which can happen only through the strength of the Holy Spirit and upon which depends the existence or non existence of the congregation. But they can never make anyone an apostle, a prophet, or teacher. God alone can do that. He has the initiative. Jesus Christ alone is the one who can call an apostle, an apostle understood here in the strict sense of the bearer of revelation, not in the wider sense of a messenger. God alone is the one who makes a man into a prophet, into a bearer of his word, which is happening here and now. While at the same time he puts the word into his head, the Holy Spirit alone is the one who makes a man a teacher.
0: Huh. That's interesting. I wonder who this is, and I also wonder what you're up to reading this book. That's mostly what I'm curious about. It you know gives me insight into what you're thinking about. What
1: makes you think I didn't just grab a book off the shelf for the sake of this game?
0: Um, ah, you read it like you had been reading it. That's why. Uh, like this is a particular passage that you've been digging into. It sounds nice. It sounds modernish. It sounds like maybe it was. It's either a new trend. actually stood out of all of the of the vocab from that passage was the word congregation i don't know why but that kind of stood out i think it's we don't normally talk in terms of the congregation we mostly talk in terms of the church so that shows it's a careful thinker um the the content is interesting uh, uh, so, oh yeah so we're just supposed to talk about the content too it it's basically saying that while the church can call a pastor it's only god can, that can give the office um and 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 that it seemed like it, that the author was making the point that both the immediate offices of prophet and apostle as well as the mediated offices or the office of pastor and teacher uh, are are both given at uh, from the hands of God um which is an interesting argument to consider uh i hadn't i don't know if i'd actually thought of it that way uh specifically so but I've got no idea who this is. I've got maybe a couple in mind, but I'm not confident at all.
1: Well, to see uh, Pastor Wolfmuller's confidence shattered in the next segment, too, stay tuned for <laughs> Table Talk Radio as we go through this break and we we'll way back. If you have a comment or question about anything that you are listening to, or if you have bumper stickers or praise songs to submit, you can give us a call, 1-800-385-7652. That is 1-800-385-SOLA. You can also send us an email, questions at org. questions at tabletalkradio.org. When we get back from this break, I'm going to give you two more quotes, Pastor Wolf and you'll have the task of trying to guess just who this is. <laughs> we'll be right back. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. Hey,
0: Want to hear the most annoying sound in the world? Table Talk Radio will be right back. I'm reading Luther's sermons from the House Postal every week. You can find it at www.hope-aurora.org. Click on the Luther Sermon Podcast.
1: Welcome back to Table Talk Radio. Pastor Wilkman, you like that song? I do. I was thinking, man, I wish we had bass players in the world still, (laughs) like we did in the 70s. (laughs) What do you mean? We just love bass players. What are you talking about? (laughs) It's not like the good old days, huh?
0: Man, these guys could settle into a groove. (laughs) I wish you'd quit interrupting me. I'm trying to read through this theologian that I've got for you. This is some really good stuff.
1: Well, you're supposed to be listening to my theologian at present Okay, okay. And here is your
0: second quote. I'll... Listen. Can you tell when I when I say it like that that I'm doing air quotes? I'll <laughs> listen. I wish there was someone to indicate air quotes on the radio. Like uh, remember Victor Berger who had the spoken punctuation? We need to do that.
1: <laughs> no, I don't think we do. Okay, here is your second quote. Okay. In these three offices the operation of Jesus Christ continues. He himself is the prime apostle, the one true apostle. His sending of his apostles continues, so to speak. His sending by the Father, just as the Father has sent me, so I send you, John twenty twenty one. He is according to the word of the Emmaus disciples, a prophet, mighty in deeds and words before God and all people, Luke twenty four nineteen. That is He is the fulfillment of all prophecy. He is the teacher. He and the apostles and all the faithful are the disciples. He is the teacher of all teachers. He is uh, the one in whom all teaching is fulfilled. You must not call each other rabbi. One is your teacher, Christ, Matthew 23, 8. He is the one who teaches with full authority. The teaching of the apostles harkens back to his teaching, Christ teaches the world through the apostles. Thus, all three offices are the continuation of the office of Jesus Christ. And for this reason, they are completely indispensable. And still, one other matter connects them as a unit. They are, each in its variety, an office of the word. The bearer of these offices are heralds of the word of God. Hmm. I think this is a Lutheran. What gave it away? Gave away?
0: Well, I don't know. The, this language of the office of the word is is nice, and I don't know other f- confessions that will actually use it. Um, and I think it's particularly helpful, uh, and it's very good in Lutheran and things. Um, so that was my first clue. Uh, this quoting the scripture like this and 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 dialing back the work of Jesus to or the work of the, the, the pastor and the prophets and apostles to the work of Christ and making Christ the chief preacher, pop, prophet, and apostle is also helpful, uh, I think. But I'm not sure who—I don't know what the argument is. I, I'm tr- having trouble figuring out who the argument is against. It seems like—so um. I, so I can't—I'm having trouble figuring out what this— it seems like it's more it's a little bit more uh kind of polemic than just a commentary on 1 Corinthians.
1: I think this next quote might um, help that uh okay. inquiry. This is my
0: this is it this is my final. This
1: is your final go.
0: My final quotation here. Okay, okay. let's have it.
1: But the New Testament must already fight against so-called gnosis in the form of Christian huh. teachers, leaders of great Gnostic schools have broken into the church, to be sure, as we must readily grant in good faith. They believe that they were called by God to be teachers, just as the lying prophets against whom Jeremiah and Ezekiel had to fight certainly were persuaded that they were sent from God and they had right on their side. We can't imagine what destruction this voluntary teaching caused in the church of the 2nd century. Around the year 150, uh, there were at Rome at least three significant Christian communions, from which each claimed the title to be the one true Church of Christ: the Valentinian, the Marcionite, and that which which began to call itself by the name Catholic. Hmm.
0: I'm against. I like that this guy's against the the um, the the Gnostics, like the Bible. That's good. <laughs> Um, this reference to church history. See, I I was so okay. I'll tell you. I think I uh I, I got, I'm going to give you my three guesses now. If none of these three are it, then I'm really going to be in trouble. Um, it seems like it could be something from CFW Walther, but it would be have to be a very new translation. But his kind of concern about developing the office of the holy ministry, something like that. Um, this kind of particular interest in both scripture and the um, uh, and the and the history of the church uh, uh, w- uh, have, has me leaning towards someone like Herman Sassa, but also that would really need to be a really new translation. I can't quite figure this out. The, so my my third guess is going to actually be my real guess, uh, and this would be um, something from. Uh, Dr. Kurt Markwart, like from his dogmatic or something like that, on the on the church and ministry, um, and and because it seems like it's more of a of a scriptural and systematic treatment of the office rather than an exegetical treatment of 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 uh, Corinthians. So I'm gonna say, who is Dr. Kurt Markwart?
1: Hold on, I'm getting my sound effect here. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Sorry.
0: You want to try again? Was it a good guess or was it co- No, I don't want to try again. The shame, the shame of that buzzer is once is enough.
1: Well, I'll give you a hint. You want a hint? Yeah. Your hint is that it's one of the other two that you mentioned. Oh, okay. Huh. So at least you're on the right track. Um,
0: I don't know. Walter or Sasa. Let me see. I'm going to say Sasa.
1: Oh, I didn't. I didn't anticipate getting a ding, ding, ding sound effect. <laughs> I just was just planning on the buzzer sound effect. Yeah. <laughs> okay, you're right. It right. It's Sasa.
0: It just so happens that Doctor Markward studied under Sasa. So <laughs> right.
1: this is in the Lonely Way, Volume Two. Thing, huh? I like Sasa.
0: You know, what the things that, uh, and uh, Markwood has this mark too, but how Sasa can do this thing where he can just move between church history and scripture and systematic theology all over the place. It's just fantastic. It's beautiful, really.
1: This is a, a lecture entitled The Office of Teacher in the Ancient Church. So um, he goes and, and talks about what the uh, uh, this role of teacher is. And uh, I mean, I don't know. The, the essay isn't necessarily a polemic, I don't think, but he did, you know, talk about how that this office is one that is, um, you know, mediated by the congregation, but is, but is not the congregation's call that actually uh, makes a person um, a teacher. But it is God through the church that makes. Does that does that make sense? Yes. So yeah, uh, eh, it's helpful, I think.
0: Huh, I wonder why you're up to reading that. A little convention prep the, or what?
1: The answer to that question is because I had to do something for Name That Theologian on Table Talk Radio. <laughs> so you did just pull this <laughs> off the show. Yeah, I kind of did. Wow. Well, we got about three minutes, so I'm I'm ready to get in on my theologian here. All right, here you go. I'm going to read from this part here, which I was reading just a minute ago.
0: The creed teaches us that a people of God must be on the earth and remain until the end of the world. This is an article of faith, which cannot cease until that comes, which it believes, as Christ promises, I am with you even unto the end of the world. But how can a poor erring man know where this Christian holy people in the world is? It ought to be in this life and on earth, for if uh, it believes that a heavenly nature and an eternal life are to come, but as of yet it has them not. Therefore, it must be in this life and this world and remain in them until the world's end. For it says, I believe in another life, thereby confessing that it is not yet in that life, but believes in it, hopes for it, and loves it as its own true fatherland and life, though it must remain and endure meanwhile in exile. As we sing in the hymn to the Holy Ghost, when we turn home again from this exile, of this we shall now speak.
1: Okay, so... Um. This well, where I thought this quote was going, and maybe are you going to be reading quotes from the same work there? Oh yeah. Maybe it's going to go in this direction, but uh, I thought it was really going to start in on this question: Where are the holy people? And maybe start to talk about like the marks of the church, kind of a question. Um, yes. And and maybe that's where it's going. But the quote that you gave me, though, mentioned that idea is more focusing in on the question or maybe the statement that we have in the Apostles' Creed, the promise that there is a life everlasting, and that's a wonderful promise. Um, So that when we confess in the Creed that I believe in the holy Christian church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting, it is a promise to the here and now so that there must be sanctification on this side of heaven if we are to be the communion of saints and we're not yet in everlasting life, Uh, we're not yet in um, the world to come. So there's there's a, a truth that we are holy here and now, and yet we're living in a fallen world and we look forward to the world to come when Christ makes a new heaven and a new earth, in his presence, free from all sin and death and disease and sickness and tears and everything else. Um, so that's where we're we're starting out, uh, where this goes. I don't know. Um, we're just about 30 seconds. you have anything to add to what I just said? You,
0: no, you're right. It is, But it's going to head in this direction of the marks of the church. And in fact, uh, it, the next section I'm going to read starts with this. First, and then the next one starts second, etc.
1: What would happen after so, that? <laughs> Well,
0: third, all the way to seventh.
1: <laughs> Ooh, seven. Okay, that give me a big yeah. hint. Yeah, I know. <laughs> all right. So after this break, I'm going to get on the board and uh, show uh, my uh, knowledge of theologians above Pastor Wolf Miller. and uh, go into the game. <laughs> yeah, it's it's love. Love is that how is that? Isn't that how you score nil. a tennis match? Nil. Oh, nil, oh, you're nil, right. Nil. I see in tennis. Yeah, love in tennis. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so it's gonna be fifteen love. What,
0: what, what counts what counts nil?
1: That's what we should have been doing. Zero. Uh no. I don't know. We'll be right back. No way. I with
0: you. You belong with me my sweetheart. That was a hard point of nil, you know the nil. You with me, my sweetheart.
1: Table talk radio. You're laughing too,
0: right? I save all the good stuff for grappling with the text, a little video Bible study that you could find at worldvieweverlasting.com. need somebody to help me one
1: Welcome back to Table Soccer Radio, playing the game Name That Theologian. And so far, I've gotten one quote and I've properly uh, understood (laughs) what it's talking about. And, Pastor, what's (laughs) Congratulations. I I understand the words. Do I I get any points for understanding what the quote was saying? We'll count
0: that. Yeah, we'll count that. So now it's 15 love.
1: All right. (laughs) <laughs> Why do you?
0: How in the world did every every other game in the world is like okay? You get one point. And now you have two points. And tennis is like,
1: let's just skip to fifteen. Hey, I just like that they give some love to the people of zero. I mean, I mean that that's the kind uh, of sport I can uh, get into. I was like, I'm a loser. Yeah. Oh, I love you. It's okay. Uh, yeah, that's <laughs> at, least, at least I have love. <laughs> oh, I didn't score, but love. I. <laughs> I'm just going to let this one go. I know. For me. <laughs> you, you can read your second quote, but I might not even listen because uh, I want to stick with it. Uh.
0: <laughs> okay. First, this Christian holy people is to be known by this, that it has God's word, though in quite unequal measure, as St. Paul says, Some have it altogether pure, others not entirely pure. Those who have it pure are called those who build on the foundation, gold, silver, precious stones. Those who have it impure are they who build hay, straw, wood on the foundation, yet will be saved through fire. Of these, more than enough has been said above. This is the main point. This is the high chief holy possession from which the Christian people take the name holy. For God's word is holy and sanctifies everything it touches. Nay, it is the very holiness of God.
1: Whew, okay, so uh, this is fascinating. We were just talking about this last night at my church at Pastor's Book Club, and uh, we're talking uh, about this distinction and way the the reformers defined what the church is. Now, now go back in time with me, Pastor Wolf, and we're in the time machine. Okay, okay. And um, mm. you're at the time of the Reformation, and there is really only one church, but in the Western world, there's there's the church, <laughs> the Roman Catholic Church. And you can't, you know, if you get mad at your priest, you can't just go down the next block and join that that church instead. It's the church. You're either in or you're out, right? Hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, um, you know, Martin Luther's causing a big stir. He's saying, "Hey, let's debate these issues." And and finally, it comes to the point where the uh, papal bull gets uh, uh, issued, and Luther is excommunicated. He's out, and he is out of the church. Now, the reformers have to deal with this question. How can you say that you have the church? I mean, theologically speaking, what defines the church? And uh, if you're in the Roman Catholic Church, it was like, well, we've got the Pope, so of course we have the church. I mean, Pope equals church. Um, and and Luther's like, I don't think that's right. Just because you have a Pope doesn't mean you have a church. Yeah, I'm not so sure about <laughs> I don't know that. about that. But for for uh, for the reformers, the the question of where the church is. Um, is kind of like finding out where the water main break is. You know how you find out where the water main break is? How? You look for the puddle of water. <laughs> uh-huh. And so it was with, uh, with the Reformers. They said, well, the church is found where the things are that make Christians, the things that actually convert sinners into believers, into saints. And where are those things found? And those things are the preaching of the gospel and the ministration of the sacraments. So we can say that we can find the church where we find the things that make Christians, and that would be word and sacrament. So, I mean, so if you're a Roman Catholic, you'd say, the water main break is here because I say it's here. (laughs) 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 There's... But but I like it. <laughs> but so so here, this is exactly what this quote is saying that you read that we're looking for the word of God. That's where the holy people are found, the the ones who are waiting for the resurrection, the ones waiting for eternal life, um, the 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 very throne of God to be taken before that place. Um, we're gonna find that place here on Earth where His Word is, and so I'm guessing this is gonna be a Lutheran. Um, but I, I, I'm i not sure where it's going to go from here. So I need a third quote, Pastor Wolf Miller. Okay. By the way, Second. did I correctly understand what that quote was all about?
0: Yep. Gene, yep. Yep. 30 you did. love. Oh, yeah. We're scoring this thing. Second, God's people, or the Christian holy people, is known by the holy sacrament of baptism when it is rightly taught and believed and used according to Christ's ordinance. That, too, is a public sign and precious holy possession whereby God's people are made holy, for it is a holy bath of regeneration through the Holy Ghost, in which we bathe, and are washed by the Holy Ghost from sin and death as the innocent holy blood of the Lamb of God. Where you see this mark, know that the holy Christian people must be there, even though the Pope does not baptize you, or even if you know nothing about his holiness and power. The little children know nothing about that, though when they grow up they are, sad to say, led astray from their baptism. St. Peter complains in 2 Peter 2, they enticed through lasciviousness those who had escaped and who now walk in error. No, do not be confused by the question of who does the baptism, baptizing, for baptism does not belong to the baptizer and is not given to him, but it belongs to him who is baptized, for whom it was established by God, and to whom it is given, just as the word of God does not belong to the preacher, except in so far as he hears and believes it, but to him who hears and believes, and to him it is given.
1: What I like about this quote is it, it's uh, a passive thing. So so that this last part you said that the, the preacher does not own the Word of God or he does not have the Word of God unless you're speaking of how he's a recipient of the Word of God. Um, so also someone does not have baptism, uh, but they are baptized. They are given baptism. Ba- uh, baptism mm-hmm. is bestowed unto them. And this is a fascinating thing that, um, you know, we're always accused, of uh, of works righteousness because we believe that baptism accuse saves. What would you say? I said, ex- accuse you. <laughs> like, excuse you, but... Yeah, I got it. Well, um, you know, but you know that, so so uh, someone will say, look, I believe that baptism saves. I'm like, oh, well, we don't believe in works righteousness. Well, first of all, it it, it must be said that works do save. It's just the question of whose works saves. I mean, obviously my works don't save, but it is true that works save. It's just God's works are the ones who save. So uh, so baptism, you simply ask the question, is it my work or is it God's work? And it's fascinating that whenever the scriptures point to baptism, it's always a passive verb that one should be baptized. It's not like go baptize yourself. Just go baptize yourself. <laughs> <laughs> <Just> go <laughs> baptize yourself. Uh no it's it's something that has to be done to you and that God is working through you know pastors or Christians or whomever to bestow this gift. Um so uh, here we are talking about the the mark of the church again and it's found where the word is and where the the sacraments are namely baptism in this case. So yep. who is this? Um well it could be Martin Luther but uh, especially with the dig against the pope there in that last quote. Um but it's uh, it's almost I get the sense it's not snarky enough for for Luther. You know, I mean I expect I expect a little bit more snark from Martin Luther. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. Where's the bombast?
1: <laughs> so, if I'm looking for a nice, you know, version of this, maybe maybe uh Melanchthon in his uh his earlier years. Um so I, I'm also thinking maybe Although I don't I don't know his writings as well as I should. Maybe a Martin Chemnitz or something like this. So I don't know. Um I don't think it's Melanchthon. Let's say Martin Chemnitz. Hey, do you have that buzzer you could press? Yeah. Hold on, let me get it. Ding 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 <laughs> ding 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 ding. <laughs> was it okay, was it any of the ones I suggested?
0: Uh yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was Luther.
1: Ah Really? Yeah, Luther, uh, in fact, you failed uh, me with the I, lack I, I, of snark.
0: If you want some snark, I can read the beginning of this. <laughs> okay. <laughs> see, you're try- you're
1: trying to cut out the snark to throw me off the trail.
0: It's a long piece here on the councils and the churches. Uh um, Let me see. Uh oh man, this is I was uh, uh, Some years ago, many of the papists occupied themselves with the councils and fathers and at last brought them all in the councils together in one book. Uh,
1: Oh, no, that's not what I meant to read. Boy, that was snarky, man. Tone it down. Sorry.
0: (laughs) I have often joined in laughter when someone offered the dogs a bit of bread on the point of a knife and when they snapped it at it, wrapped them on the muzzle. It was a good joke, (laughs) but I never thought at the time that the devil would have that kind of joke on us men and take us for such poor dogs until I found out how the most holy father, the Pope, plays this same kind of dog's joke on Christendom in his bulls and books and daily practices. But Lord God, with what loss to men's souls and what mockery of the divine majesty, that's what he's doing now with the council. The whole world has cried and waited for it. The good emperor and the whole empire have been working for it for about 20 years, and the pope has held out false hopes and held off and constantly offered it to the empire like a bit of bread under the dog until they saw his time. Then he wraps him on the muzzle, mocks at him as though the emperor were his fool and jumping jack.
1: Woo! <laughs> <laughs> See, There's if you point. would have read that, I would have got, I would have got it first thing.
0: By the way, Luther has this list of, of the seven marks of the church in this piece. So normally we talk at the two marks of the church, uh, gospel and sacrament, but the others are Lord's Supper, the keys, that's absolution, the ministry, office of preaching, uh, classes of ministers, et cetera, et cetera. Number six is prayer, and number seven, suffering.
1: Ah. The seven marks of the church. Suffering, indeed. So... The, the church does not exist apart from suffering. Yep. All right. Well, let's take a break, and then we're going to play some Praise Song Cruncher that has been called in to our uh, response line, <laughs> 1-800-385-SOLA. Praise Song Cruncher right after this break on Table Talk Radio.
0: people talk radio it's like spinach we know you don't want to but it's good for you the daily bible meditation blog is at rightlydividedbible.wordpress.com where three chapters of the bible are considered each day check it out
1: and we're back here on Table Talk Radio <laughs> I got the air quote there <laughs> Yeah this is pretty good So how the praise on cruncher it. works <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> We're Ready for it? Wait, that was so play. the way this works is that uh, you know sometimes it says, "Hey, I got a praise song." You know how this happens every day. I got a praise song. You're hanging and around. There's there's no false doctrine. <laughs> and uh, the the thing about and a it's praise song, great, yeah, <laughs> and fun to listen to. Uh, the thing about a praise song is it's kind of like a fire hydrant that it has no false doctrine just like a fire hydrant has no false doctrine
0: hey i found a fire hydrant it's got no false doctrine <laughs> we should drink out of it
1: <laughs> the, the the problem is is that you got to have some kind of teaching to have false teaching right so <laughs> <laughs> but if you if you just have a song of nothingness, it can't possibly have false teaching. So what, Pastor Wolfmiller? Are we to do if we have a song with no teaching whatsoever, are we to analyze whether it's good for worship?
0: Well, that's where the Praise Song Cruncher comes in. Your friendly neighborhood Table Talk Radio hosts and jerks, professional jerks, have invented the Praise Song Cruncher to help get our what? Our Minds around the mysticism of the praise song. So the praise songs are marked with mysticism. Although, you know, I'm starting to sense it with my uh, inner eye, or whatever the mystics oh, talk about, that the, um, the praise songs are starting to shift a little bit. Uh, probably because there's a bunch of Calvinists that have decided to do praise and worship music instead of just singing the Psalms. When did Calvinists decide that it was okay to use music in worship, by the way, <laughs> wrecking everything?
1: You missed that, Council. Uh,
0: I know. Um, but uh, anyway, the, uh, there's a bunch of Calvinists running around, and they're like taking the praise songs. They're just taking old hymns and writing new arrangements of it, and it's really kind of throwing off the balance of the force. But we'll, we'll be adjusting to it as necessary uh, here at Table Talk Radio. But in the meantime, uh, the big thing with the praise songs is that they're mystical uh they have mystical form mystical content and, and etc so we ask this series of questions to the praise songs to try to ferret out the mysticism uh therein and uh bring that analysis to you that's the plan anyways that's the idea
1: so that's the questions is jesus mentioned is it mystical in form looking for subject verb and objects uh is, so this is assertions or impressions um at its heart um, the next question is, this, is it uh, mystical in content? So it talks about feeling, touching, seeing God, or having romantic imagery, loss of self, etc. And then we're going to ask the question, does it properly distinguish between law and gospel? The law to show us our sin, the gospel to show us our Savior in Jesus Christ, and not refer to our own actions, decidings, acceptance, etc. And then lastly, is there any false doctrine not already addressed? So with that, we're going to go to our uh, voicemail system. Here's our caller at 1-800-385-SOLA. Hi there. My name is Karen, and I am a wannabe Lutheran trapped in a Baptist church right now because my husband is a lifelong Baptist. Uh, That means two things. I love my husband, and I endure tortured contemporary worship mm, him every Sunday morning. Uh, and this brings me to my request. I'd love it if you would crunch the song Trading My Sorrows. It's the most annoying song I've ever heard. The bridge makes my skin crawl. And last but not least, I suspect the whole song reeks of mysticism. Anyway, I love your show. Thanks for considering my request. Bye. Here it is. I'm trading my sorrows. Treating my shame, I'm laying them down for the joy of the Lord. I'm treating my sickness, I'm treating my pain, I'm laying them down for the joy of. That
0: couldn't More, be the annoying yes, bridge she was talking yes, about. Yes, yeah. Lord. Yes,
1: Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, oh, yes, yes I, uh-huh. I can't figure oh. it out. Well, um, what is the name
0: of that song, by the way?
1: Uh, Trading My Sorrows. And uh, it continues. Uh, well, I'll skip past the, the chorus there. Um, I'm pressed but not crushed, persecuted, not abandoned, struck down but not destroyed. Oops, my thing just added another, or put another ad in, so it shifted my whole screen down. Um, good thing I'm not the praise song leader, huh? Uh, I am blessed beyond the curse, for his promise will endure that his joy is going to be my strength. Though my sorrows may last for the night, his joy comes in the morning, and then the chorus again. And there's more ads, so that's yes, all that I can Lord, read to you.
0: Yes, Lord, yes, Lord. Man, there's a lot of yeses. That's a particularly affirmative song. <laughs>
1: true we i mean i'm glad they didn't do the inverse is like um you know a song about how i'm not trading in my sor- sorrows and saying no lord no lord no no that would be like all the prophets such negativity i know <laughs> how could you endure it
0: uh it, like um you know how we had, we just had the old Luther talking about how the the, um, the cross is one of the marks of the church.
1: I know.
0: Oh, no. Oh, alas. All right. Well, let's crunch this
1: dude. All right. Is Jesus mentioned? Yes or no?
0: Well, or I there's, can't some, tell. It's, there's a Lord that's being addressed. Uh, I know it because I read here in the. Oh, my goodness. Look at the end of this. <laughs> Yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, yes, Lord. Repeat, repeat, amen. Repeat, 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 amen. Repeat, 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 amen. Repeat, 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 repeat. Amen, 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 amen.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I think it's the final yeah. (laughs) That's the clincher. Yeah.
0: I okay, mean so if, if you had there,
1: it in the inverse in the negative it would be no 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 and no, then all then it'd be nah 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 <laughs> 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 never mind oh.
0: Look at here we're mocking someone's very heartfelt piety your praise song crunching jerks here at your service apparently. We gotta remember that the praise songs, you know, people like these songs.
1: Oh uh, okay, so, oh, so that's are we why putting on our sensitivity hats now or what? Uh, yeah. yeah. No. So um objectively speaking, does this does this song name Jesus? No. Okay, can't argue with that. No How no, about... no 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 What about mystical in form? Uh it's fairly repetitive.
0: Just taking a little look here, Uh man, I can't, I can't remember the last what time would we you... had something this repetitive.
1: <laughs> I think this is one of those songs that you had on the uh, the original Play Song Cruncher, the, the beta version of the Prayer Song Cruncher, where you asked the question whether it's uh, trying to put us in a hypnotic trance, and uh, I think that's yeah. what it's doing here, isn't it?
0: It does. I'm hardly even paying attention to anything you're saying anymore. <laughs> Let's see. Joy is here. Wake up. Joy is here. Wake up. Joy is here. Wake up. Then the next verse: Joy is here. Wake up. 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 (laughs) This is incredible. I mean, how many? You know what? You could see is uh, how how there's like it's probably you know how some of the praise songs you have seven words seventeen times or whatever. This one, this, I mean, this really has that few actual words in it. I am blessed beyond, here's some theology. I am blessed beyond the curse, for his promise will endure, that his joy is going to be my strength. That's an allusion to the scripture. The joy of the Lord is my strength. So that's all right. Though my sorrow may last for the night, his joy comes with the morning. That's kind of a paraphrase of the psalm. But the main idea. Is this? I'm trading my sickness. I'm trading my pain. I'm laying it down for the joy of the Lord, and that to me seems like some sort of prosperity gospel sort of thing, like that I can choose to be not sick or not. Mm. I can. You see what I'm saying?
1: So that if I'm sick, I'll just you know. Here you go, Jesus. Here's my sickness. Now I'm not sick anymore. I'm gonna.
0: Tra- I'm gonna trade it in.
1: Yes. 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 <laughs> Uh now well I don't mean uh, I don't mean, I don't mean so, to pressure you but we do kind of need to move on to law of gospel with limited time.
0: Okay, okay. So, uh I don't see I mean the the law here I suppose would be something like the, the the that that I suffer, right? That I'm sick and that I have sorrow. That that is that the law, do you think? I mean well, it's I mean not I don't, sin
1: is it? I mean it's maybe being treated as law, but I mean so so we suffer because we're, we're in a fallen world, but it, that in of itself isn't the law ah, we're we're yeah, we're out of time though so uh, is is this crunched or is it uh, oh yeah, this is demolished <laughs> i mean this is this is agonizing,
0: and it um avoid it, you know, I mean, lay down this song. And take up the joy of the Lord. Yes,
1: yes, yes. (laughs) Thanks for listening to this edition of Table Talk Radio.
0: Where the points are
1: nihilistical.
0: (laughs) Thanks for listening to this edition of Table Talk Radio. Table Talk Radio is not for everyone. Please consult me faster before listening to Table Talk Radio. Side effects may Does include headache, <laughs> <hair loss>, hallucinations, and aversion to incomplete sentences, with aquatic <laughs> imagery, psychosis, coma, death, hablatosis, lung cancer, brain tumors, sleep pain, internal, internal combustion, a sudden craving to smell your backseat, claustrophobia, an uncontrollable urge to fight the Capitalists on Twitter and falling off your treadmill. For more information, visit tabletalkradio.org.